Are you ready to break everyone's heart? I'm ready. Let's do this. You're listening to Going to the Chapel, a 21 Jump Street podcast. Grab your Aquanet, throw on your best acid wash jacket, and join us as we gab about this classic television program. Hey, Narc Blossoms. I'm Amanda McLaughlin. I'm Christopher McLaughlin. And this is Going Going to to the the Chapel. Chapel. This podcast is a deep dive into the Fox television show 21 Jump Street that ran from 1987 to 1991. And just like in our marriage, I know nothing. And I know everything, including knowing that I, this is going to be so sad. It, 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 it's, it's so sad. Okay. Spoiler alert, is a downer to start. Okay, so we are up to season one, episode seven, Gotta Finish the Riff which aired on May 17th, 1987. I apologize that our other podcasts have not started with the air date um, for the shows, but we'll just go, you know, minus a week for each of the previous ones and you can figure out where they were. In 1987. Yes. So there's nothing else we need to start with. We'll just jump right into the... Are you you emotionally prepared? I'm not. But uh, (laughs) hopefully all of you are emotionally prepared. Guys. It's emotional to start with here. You guys. Are you ready? My okay, here we go. say, I'm immediately crying. So what happens? Uh, there's a cold open. We haven't had a cold open since, gosh, I think maybe the pilot, the first part of the pilot. Anyway, there's a, a motorcycle is coming toward us, very moody synth piano kind of music. Uh, Penn Hall is being very broody and single sexy tear, if I remember correctly. Uh, suit wearing. Um... <laughs> Judy, may so we cut, sad. so there's this sort of like montage thing happening. Judy is, is bonding with a killer whale, like, by, by which I mean she's like at some like... She's like at SeaWorld or something. SeaWorld or something. She has this terrible haircut, by the way. Oh, I didn't But just, her just very I was, sad. I could not see her hair through my tears. <laughs> Hanson... Because friends, I know what's coming. Hanson, meanwhile, is looking at a badge, and I don't know if we see that it's Jenko's it badge at this it point, is. but it, it is a badge, and... He kind of is like, looks happy to start with, and then you can sort of see his face fall, and he chucks the badge into the, the bay, I guess, um, wherever they are in Vancouver. I guess wherever they're supposed to be in L.A. Um, and then H.T., I just put the Asian, because <laughs> he's doing Tai Chi, which is like... That always got him doing Asian things. They could just like have to reemphasize that how Asian well, he and is. And can we say, I mean, we kind of alluded to it, Jinko has died. This is our first... Episode with no Fred- Frederick Forrest. Yes. Well, I, I, I didn't dead. figure that out for like... It, it was well, embarrassingly long until I took me to figure out... Well, because I, I wanted to mention that... I, I don't know about Doug, but Hoffs had a single sexy tear when she was standing next to the whale and it was the saddest thing yeah, I've well, ever seen. Yeah, uh, well, definitely crying. It's hard to tell if he's... Because, what, yeah. let me just say, she's lost her one true love, fight me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I, I'll, I'll fight you about that later. No, actually, I'm not going to fight you I also about it. that I Johnny really Depp is actually upset. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that as as, as we move along, because there's parts of the episode where you can tell he's legitimately upset. But anyway, we end up at a funeral. I mean, Frederick Forrest didn't die. Let's just go there. He just... Oh, no, no, no. Frederick Forrest is... We have alluded to the fact that Frederick Forrest was not going to be on the show for very long. Yes. And he is gone. So, obviously... He was smarter than Johnny Depp in terms of signing a contract for the show on an either episode-by-episode episode basis or maybe well, five episodes or something like that. He wanted to go back to doing film yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, he had been a pretty, you know, successful and, and uh, prolific film actor, so I think he was, 
you know, you didn't want to get stuck doing a TV show. We kind of forget now in the age of peak TV where everybody, like giant movie stars, are doing TV shows. I mean, people. It wasn't al- a thing you did. It's almost a thing now that. Well, I. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak for every actor in the world, but like you almost want a TV show now because a good television show with a good script is likely to last many, many, many seasons and you have like that set job, that gig that's going to be going on, you know. But people back in the 80s, there was definitely a divide of like movie actors and TV actors and movie actors were definitely a different breed of person. And, you know, you did TV maybe like Johnny Depp to get started, but then really what you want to do is movies. So I think that's where where Frederick was. And I don't blame him. And it's also where the money was. Um, and, yeah. and probably, to be fair to him artistically, it may be where he, he probably felt like Jenko was going to paint him into a corner of doing this same sort of hippie jive thing for I season after season. Too, he's not... As much as I love him and as much as we think he gives a lot to the show, he's not the main focus of the show. They don't... They really didn't give Jinko a lot to do. Like, basically everything that he does is the same thing. Like, you know, talking to everybody, figuring out where they are in their cases, and like, okay, do this, do that. He's not really... I am so sorry if you hear noise in the background. Our dog is losing her mind. Just go somewhere else, Irene. Because we have to record at home because we have children and a dog. And she... So if you hear... The clicking of her paws on the floor and her shaking her ears. She's a hound dog. And apparently she does not like that we are recording a podcast right now. But, you know. Moving on. But Um, anyway. um, I forgot what I was saying. But anyway, just that they didn't give him a lot to do with Jenko either. I feel like artistically... You know, he maybe didn't enjoy it as much because right. Well, I mean, it just was a one-note character in some ways. I mean, he did more with it than I think a lot of other actors could not, have. But well, not that he wasn't good in it either. He was. But he wasn't. You know, they all have more things to do. They get to be these different characters because they're doing undercover stuff. And he did that a little bit. But anyway, so we're at the funeral uh, with the whole gang. Penhall, even in his most formal time, is still has this like loose tie on, um, and also fingerless gloves. And, and he puts on, at one point, puts on sunglasses to hide that he's crying, of course, with his fingerless gloves. And I'm like, Penhall's still going to Penhall, well, even at his, a funeral. They're his, you know, motorcycle gloves. Well, yes, admittedly. HT's in a white suit, which I find, I sort of a side note here, my dad got married in a white tuxedo. So the eighties, the 80s were, like, white suits were not, you know, like, puffy or something. So this uh, the, the chief is giving a speech about, you know, not getting used to cops dying and and but we're really mad because what well, we find out he, is he, yeah he said that yeah. throughout his his time he's had to bury a lot of cops but it was weird the way he put it he says something like he didn't he it's a freaking tragedy that he didn't get to go out in the field like a man and a good cop which he then says because he was killed by a drunk out, driver yes he was killed by a drunk driver and a drunk driver took him away but the way he said that was really strange like he didn't get to go out in well, the field like a man like, like it's know, a cop thing i guess but i don't know it seemed like you know if he was gonna die in on duty it would be it more makes it a, it, i i don't have his his i guess it's a eulogy i was gonna say speech but i suppose it's a eulogy i don't have the entire thing memorized but it was weird because it almost it almost was like he was mad at Jink at first until we real like it was a weird way to put it because he said he didn't get to go out like a man in the field and I'm like okay and then he goes into because someone took him from a drunk driver took him from us so like it was just I don't know the pacing of it was yeah. a weird thing. The whole speech is a little odd 
and of course, he, then he talks about like how Janko wouldn't want us to get mad. He'd say something, you know, about karma and the balance of the universe and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Judy kind of chuckles at that, and she is to go with your theory here, absolutely playing the widow role here. She's got a single rose and she's, you know, doing the crying and Penhall is trying to get to comfort her. her She sits the rose on on the coffin. coffin, Yeah. Like she's closest to, Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm really upset. And, and the, 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 uh, by the way, right before the speech starts is where the title card kind of pops up. And I guess it should indicate got to finish the riff is obviously a, a nod to, uh, the band, mm-hmm. uh, the Jenko's band, and all of that. So that's that's where the the name of the episode doesn't really come into the rest of the episode, but that's obviously what we're referring to here. Except in the sense of that this team has to move on without their captain. And anyway, at the end of this, we then get the credits, which is which are very incongruous. After this, it's such a downer, and then you have that like cheerful, you know. But also, I wrote down because I wondered when this happened. The theme song has changed just a little bit. There Which are I didn't notice, things. but you noticed it. Well, because I remember, because this, the way the theme song is now, there's like, because there's the part that you're going to learn something when we meet you after school, but you're going to get ready because you're running out of time is, is one of the other ones. And just, it's a little bit different. There's not that much of a difference that I don't know if you would necessarily notice it, but... I'm I'm more in tuned in my brain to this version of it because that's what lasts throughout the rest of the seasons. And I wondered when that happened. And I'm wondering, now we just talked about how this one was aired on May 17th in 1987, which was a week after Worst Night of Your Life. But I'm wondering if the shooting schedule, they had a little bit of a change here between getting rid of Forrest and, and getting um, our new person, Stephen Williams, um, that we haven't met yet. So I'm wondering if maybe they like they had to have re-recorded it. So yeah. I'm wondering if there was a reason that they did that. I'm not really sure well, and, uh, if there was a little bit of a we mentioned scheduling thing there. In last week's podcast about the worst night of your life, how cold they looked. Because it must have been filmed in the winter. And this is obviously, I mean, obviously yes. you film things well before you're airing them yes. so uh i mean obviously there could have been some gap between the two I, it's well because this tell. didn't look like winter yeah this doesn't look like winter at all in any case so that's the credits and we go to commercial at a commercial we cut to jump street which looks you know run down because obviously they haven't been there and judy arrives well um, not obviously we're well we don't know we, that they we were find this shut out on the program but the program has not has, been has running been, has not been running um judy shows up in a police uniform i think it's the first time we've seen her um, in uniform yeah in uniform she's adorable and uh yeah no i don't don't mind her in a uniform lady in the uniform if you know what i mean i'm sure you don't she's very cute also i actually be- like i actually believe her in a uniform weirdly like yeah. you wouldn't think that seeing her in a uniform would look Right, but I totally believe it, and also she's adorable. So it's it's not unrealistic. Anyway, she uh, so she's kind of looking through Janko's stuff. She finds a Jimi Hendrix poster. <laughs> um, it's still too soon. And in this gross moment, thirty-two finds, years later, it's still too soon. I guess to emphasize that this, no ha- this place no has been there, this sludgy coffee still in the coffee pot, and she pours it out, which is gross. But anyway, it's just to it to was, emphasize the point. Yeah. Uh, Hanson then arrives in uniform as well, um, and sort of has this little flirty exchange with Judy about, you know, seeing her in uniform and yada yada. About how he doesn't think he's ever seen her in uniform. Yeah. And. Well, and she then shares that for it, she 
gives us the information that it's been a month because she's like, for the last month, I've been wearing like a see-through top and fishnet, and fishnet stocking. stocking. So he's like, oh, they got you working vice. Picks or it didn't happen. That's what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was like, I was like, how are, how dare you? How dare you bring well, this up and not have a flashback? I would argue that we get a little bit of a taste of that in her outfit that's true. that she wears later, later in this that's, episode. That's she's I'm like, learned from vice. Oh, she's been wearing her vice stuff too much. And Hanson has been living his literal hell doing a desk job. Oh, no, not um, a desk job. The worst thing that could possibly happen. HT arrives, also in uniform, and says, well, at least you weren't doing part parking duty and he was giving out 300 parking tickets or whatever um yeah he was on and then as the three of them are standing there you hear this <laughs> screech crash outside and all three of them look at each other and you in unison say pen hall um and in he comes in his leather motorcycle outfit yeah, his, yeah. he's got his helmet and he's looking so and yeah and Jason mentions what he's been doing, and he says, "I've been in the motorcycle, motorcycle division." And has this like pose, and it's it's a thing. I love him so 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 much. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Peak Deloise acting. I just put it. peak Deloise. <laughs> um, so the, the captain Brandy. emerges from yeah uh, from the office, and you know calls them into a meeting at a table. And so they're all like, oh, what's the what's the secrecy? What's the big deal? What's going on? And he says that the the mayor apparently has decided that he uh, likes the Jump Street program because it makes the police look like, you know, they're being well, good he goes through this community thing servants. That he goes through this whole thing that is obviously just to give us... He goes exposition this, dump, yes. Yeah, he goes through this exposition dump where he's like, I know that we talked about how yeah. this was Jinko's baby and it was the program and that it wouldn't be the same without him and that we should shut it down and so he's giving us by talking to them what they've talked about about the program and Doug is kind of like but and then he goes into this thing about you know the mayor actually likes it so they're gonna start it back up again to which Judy replies gee it must be an election year Irene if you don't lay still and stop ruining this podcast (laughs) anyway uh, so Judy says it must be an election year, um, right? And he and he basically does say, well, you know, that basically does have something to do with it. But uh, and meanwhile, you know, Depp is basically is our Hanson as Depp. So I, I'm going to say Depp here is extremely angry about the whole situation. Well, basically, like, like, you can't replace Janko. It's his thing. Leone basically, says that he was one of a kind, and he's like he was one of a kind, yeah. and, and which is, is funny yeah. to me that in this short amount of time that they've been working together, because. You know, with the pilot, we have Hansen being like, what is with this old hippie dude? They didn't necessarily see to eye to eye. And now all of a sudden, Hansen acts like he's not still kind of the new kid. Like, they were all with Jinko oh, yeah. longer than he was. But he's, like, really taking it personally. Which, again, I feel like is just Johnny right. Depp. We'll just be Charlie's Angels or something, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. without Jinko, yeah. he said it'd be nothing but Charlie's Angels. Which I, I think it's, it's, it's a meta-commentary from Depp in some way. I mean, I'm sure it was in the script. But about, you know, like, what is this show going to be without Frederick Forrest? The whole point he wanted to be in the show with Frederick Forrest. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, who's going to run this? You? And the captain says, I don't have the wardrobe for it. Which, <laughs> uh, which we've mentioned, the wardrobe is great. So the, they've got this new cop coming in to run the thing from the NYPD, uh, to which AT. He says, oh, so you're going to tell me it's from Serpico's graduating Ooh. class. Ioki? You or called him A-T. H-T. Were you saying H-T? H-T. You said A, but go ahead. H-T. Ioki. Harry. Harry, whatever. I like calling him H-T, it sounds. That's fine. Okay. You said A-T. Harry Truman Ioki says <laughs> that uh, 
He was in Serpico's graduating class, you know. So basically, like he's trying to talk him up, and they're all like, "Okay, whatever." This New but he, York. But he cop. had been like undercover for a long time, so really. And then he gets to make this great entrance. Oh my gosh, Stephen Williams! Stephen Williams makes this great sort of entrance to like kind of I don't kind of describe the music. It's kind of like they're trying to go full on Shaft here, is what I'm thinking. Like full I guess, on, yeah. Because he's got you know the turtleneck. I, I wrote that his interest is sunglasses. like really sexy. He is because he's got yeah. like this turtleneck. He's got the sport coat. He's yeah. got his sunglasses on, and he's basically like. Um, because they say something about, like, no one's going to replace Jenko or something. He comes in being like, I have no interest in replacing Jenko. Yeah. And it's like, boom, there He's he is, so making cool. his entrance. And they're all super skeptical, though. But Fuller, anyway, he does lay down the law and is basically like, you know, okay, you're cops. You swore an oath. You either, you know, you either do it or there you can leave. You know, there's the door. Like, I'm in charge now. And so, <laughs> I just wrote down, chill out, Hanson. Because <laughs> Hanson's all like... Yeah, Janko was the best, basically. He's still on about Janko, but... Um, I mean, he's not wrong. I put daddy issues, but basically, like, his surrogate dad died here, so it's, like, more Jenko's daddy like, issues. Like, I, well, and it's a funny thing, too, because he was just complaining about his desk job situation, I guess, because we know we can't put him out in the field because somebody's going to tell him he looks like a kid and he's going to murder people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, he's barely old enough to drink. He needs to calm down. And so basically Fuller's talking about how he's going to, you know, get things in line because, you know, Jenko is obviously as bad an administrator as he was an interior decorator. Um, how dare. But true. How dare. I know you're a hippie and you like your interior decorating style is also maximalist. Um, but listen, you know. if you put Richard Nixon on your dartboard, I'm here for it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And so they're basically like, well, what kind of changes are you going to make? And, and then we get this cut. Hard cut to... Five, like five million people, it like, feels like, <laughs> like, inside the chapel. Like they've literally stuffed as many extras into this room it as is humanly horrible. possible. And it's like that classic, I don't know if it's a classic cop thing, because I'm trying to remember if that's usually, the, but the sounds and stuff are like when you're in like a busy office or something. Yeah, it's like Because you hear like phone the click, ringing, click, click of thing and phones ringing. Typewriter. And like just people yeah. everywhere. And I was like, why are there so many people? I would lose my absolute mind. And also... Like, I think what he's trying to do is make it more productive, make sure that there's enough people, like, getting the paperwork done and, and and getting calls and all that. But my question is, if this is an undercover group, don't you want to have as little people as possible? Like, that seems like a lot of people when you're trying to make this place not look like yeah. where cops hang out and do undercover work. I don't know. In any it's case, confusing. I love uh, so Penhall and Hanson are trying to like, and Hanson's like, I basically is mad about it. <laughs> Penhall does the "I'm walking here" at one point when somebody gets in his way. The great reference to Midnight Cowboy and also, Dustin Hoffman. But here I'm going to go with this again. Penhall looks delicious in this scene. He's wearing his blue jeans. His shirt is like really tight, like in a good way. Mm -hmm. He's got his his holster. It's, it's, it's the gun on. holster thing I don't again. Know. I just want to hold on to the Anyway, he is looking just beautiful. That's all I have to say about Meanwhile, that. Meanwhile, Judy, my my love, is looking like a <laughs> looking like a beat reporter in her she like. She looks so cute. Hat. She's got this hat Giant, on. It's like, really cute. Like the like sort of classic and newspaper really cool reporter's hat. Again. She's, oh, yeah. Her massive man, her, earring yeah. her accessory game is so strong <laughs> i love it which i mean i, I will have to at some point look up who was the costume designer on this show because they were 
They were doing work, man. So uh, Judy and Hanson get called into the into Fuller's office, and meanwhile, Penhall. Well, you, would you like to <laughs> take this up? There's this guy who's got like his yo-yo, and yeah. he's like, "Hey, that's mine." And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm. I don't know what he says. Like, well, it's mine now, bub. Like, there. Yeah. We're well, we're all here together. And this, first of all, <laughs> I put argues with a small child. <laughs> I put argues with a newsie because yeah. seriously, I know. I guess because it's the the Jump Street program, but this kid actually looks like a teenager, like one of the few people who actually does, and he's wearing like a newsies cap, and it looks like it looks like Penhall is arguing with a newsie over this yo-yo, <laughs> and the guy is just walking around. That's the other thing is the guy like took Penhall's yo-yo. It's such a school kid that I don't understand this at all, but it was really funny. I think ridiculous. it was just to show how ridiculous it is with all these people there, but he just keeps. He's like, the guy's just walking around with the yo-yo yo-yoing. I'm like, what is his job? Why is he here? Who knows? It's, it's... I guess he delivered all of his papers. <laughs> <laughs> he delivered his papers. Well, they all look like, it's like, it's like they took like the stereotypical like newsroom sort of B-roll they... footage like and soundscape and everything and put it in 21 Jump Street. Anyway, that's not really also, important to the episode. Doug, but... before he gets into this argument, is kind of like giving Hanson a pep talk. Like, remember this man is your boss? Like, yeah. Just do your job. It's okay. <laughs> and Hans is like, I'm taking advice from you. And he's like, you should. Yeah. Um, so we cut to the office um, where Ju- Judy and uh, Hanson are having the briefing. And so he discusses that the principal at uh, Grant High is is this tough guy who's really trying to, uh, you know, bring law and order to this place. And, but and he's very people, old school. Right. Corporal punishment for a gang member, for example. And apparently someone wants to kill him. Imagine that. Well, basically what he did is the... Now, here's something I don't know because I have never been in a gang, surprisingly. I know everyone is shocked by this. I, I am. He's at the school, Madigan, and Madigan's he's getting gang. like death threats and stuff because the president of that chapter of the Bloods, which do they call, I guess they must call it president. I I would imagine they've done research on this, but I guess the mm. guy, like the head guy in charge of this particular group of the bloods whose name is reggie brooks, whose name is way. reggie brooks yes he like beat him up basically in front of the school and yeah. then uh i guess suspended him from school and then there so he or at least presumably he or one of the bloods put a pipe bomb in the principal's car so reggie brooks has been in juvie of course uh has turned 18 now um and, and the bloods are after are after madigan now obviously they're going to go in and try to figure out What's going on? And part of the reason that they're doing it through Jump Street and going in undercover is that Madigan basically said he doesn't want protection. He oh, yeah. doesn't want police protection. And so they have to do a really light touch because he'll blow their cover if he finds out that they're there. But they are going in armed, which they right. apparently never really do in a high school. But he's concerned because we're talking about gang violence here. Which I I kind of, I'm two ways about this. Cause, I mean, yeah, because they were like, Jink would never have us go in armed. He's like, okay, but I'm not Jinko and... Like, so so my, my feeling about guns in schools is the teacher shouldn't be armed, but the student re- school resource officer should be armed. And they like, are. Which is basically, they're like undercover school resource officers, basically. So, yeah. Basically, armed, yeah. I'll, yeah. Kind of. Um, so, yeah. So, so, basically, that's the gist of it. Judy, they're worried about this Reggie Brooks character. Right. Judy heads out, and Hanson kind of hangs back for a minute and is basically like, you know, yeah. hey, uh, one question I usually, on these sort of cases... Well, can I, can I actually have it written down word for word? He says... Okay, carry on. He's, like, questioning it a little bit because he says, it's just that I usually work with Pinhall on an assignment like this, to which 
like super quickly, Fuller goes, ah, you guys dating? <laughs> <laughs> to which and I the put, way he says it, and he's like, okay, fine, I get it, you're the boss, whatever. <laughs> to which I put, yes, question mark. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit of something, I mean, it's not. I think it's just like a, well, there's definitely, again, I, I, I don't know, I feel like I've talked about this before, I don't like the word bromance, but. It's more like that. They're like they're just yeah. Friends. They're friends. It's fine. It's, it's not. They, it's not. Clo- so this is. I mean, annoying. if you want to write slash fan. Oh, there's fiction, definitely slash fiction out do there. Do it. Oh yes. Listen, if I could get a, my hands on a copy of this, I would. I've I've done extensive research on Twenty One Jump Street. There was at one time because this was the '90s, and the internet did not exist. A zine, a handwritten. Fan fiction, oh Twenty One Jump Street zine. I can't off the top of my head remember what it was called, but this existed, people. I just want to tell you how amazing that makes me feel. That is amazing. It is a little bit of annoyance to me as a man, though, that every time there's like, like the Frodo and Sam thing is is my sort of watchword on this. That anytime two men get really close, you have to say they're gay. But then, so but then we complain that men won't be emotionally available, like. Of course, the minute men get close and emotionally available with each other, we say, they must be gay. Well, and, and it's like... Well, part of that is you, kind of like... You can be close to another man without wanting to have sex with him. You know, Of it's course. Like, yeah, well, and that's know. a toxic masculinity problem, yeah, really. Yeah. Because it's... I mean, it's fine if you want to have fun and write, like, slash fan fiction on yeah. whoever you want. But it's more that, like, we want men to have close relationships. And it's fine if they... Are attracted um, to each other or are not attracted to each other. It's fine. Right. Well, and also, hobbits to me, even though they have like tons of kids, are almost asexual. But that's a whole other well, yes, topic not... of conversation. Lord of the Rings podcast this coming not... soon. No, <laughs> we are not. I do not know. It's been a while. I mean, no, I love Lord of the Rings. I don't need the fandom to come after me. Oh, that's true. That's don't come point. for me. So anyway. Fuller mentions why he's sending Judy. That basically Reggie likes. Pretty young ladies, of course. And so Judy's a honey trap, essentially. So Hanson, at this, basically gives him this great little sarcastic salute. Although I think they really do understand each other now. Well, because basically... He says, I'm not a bad guy. Tom says, I'm not a bad guy. And Fuller says, I'm not either. So they're... I think they're both On the same page, anyway. Or at least as close as they can be. So, cut to commercial... Cut out a commercial to the front of the school. <laughs> As a, the so I watch with the subtitles to make sure I'm not missing anything. And the subtitles say mid tempo R and B playing. <laughs> um, That's our new favorite. Thing. So this car with flames on the side arrives, and so well, who gets out? But of course, all the bloods, the bloods with their red bandanas attached to various parts of their bodies. Some of them, the way that they were showing their colors, I was like, I don't think a gang member would like so haphazardly just tie it in like a random thing where it like drags like that but again again, we're not experts on gang culture so if anybody is and would like to leave a comment feel free other than all wearing white tennis shoes though which i still sort of think of as like a suburban dad thing but i think it's because a lot of suburban dads now were like kids and cool kids in the the 80s 80s. yeah (laughs) so you know i don't know anyway i mean white tennis shoes for were a thing i think about we've talked about it on this show before back to the future he wore white tennis shoes i like distinctly remember seeing them so i think it was like a thing so they're shoving kids out of the way and they're basically showing that they own the school essentially and then we move into uh, a classroom which we will discover is a french classroom and judy is arriving as the new student well and also um, I don't think we mentioned this. Fuller said that they were going to be going in at different times because it would be really weird. Obvious, yeah. 
if two new kids came at the exact same time, you know. Yeah, well, they're, they're sort of, so yeah, they're being smart about it. It's going in first. Judy goes in first, looking. And I wrote, "Damn." I know. Oof. I also wrote, "Is this like school dress code appropriate?" I don't know if at the time schools had dress codes, but I'm like, I think a little bit of um, working vice rubbed off on her. I mean, yeah. she looks great. She's got like crimped this, hair. Oh, her crimped earrings. hair is beautiful. She's got this earring that looks like an upside down hot air balloon. Oh, yeah. Um, she's wearing like a mini skirt. And, oh, yeah. Definitely not the these... fingertip rule mini skirt there. Oh, not at all. And it was her top a crop top? I don't remember. It was tight. Well, her belly wasn't exposed no, 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 or anything. No, 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 no. It's like a bustier. Yeah, no, her like. She was wearing like a bustier. Yeah, and like, then like a jacket over it. Yeah. Um, and then she has on these, they're not, I guess they're tights. Um, and when we see them later, because they kind of look like. Yeah, you can't really see them in this scene, but. They look like fishnets, but they're not fishnets. They're like black hose. Because later in the episode, you see they're, they actually have like little, the um, design on them are like little bows. Oh, that's they're, right. Yeah. It's cute, but also kind of like. It's so a, she's it's a little... so she's doing this like playing the bad girl kind of thing because we want her to be interesting to the gang. Members. Well, and of course, obviously, she's also yeah playing that part for the teacher, and she's sort of mouthing off to the teacher. And... Well, right, because the French teacher is you know introducing her, and she keeps answering in English. Yeah, and she says, "Well, we speak like... in French." Says, "We speak, you know, we're third year French, and maybe you know you don't have as high standards at the school you just came from." And Judy then goes through perfect French and basically just like mouths off. Like, yeah, like if you weren't such a bad teacher, yada yada. So anyway, she's obviously setting up that she's you know badass. And we cut to the <laughs> but, uh, principal's and now for office, completely different. <laughs> with Hanson, glasses, pocket protector, just a bangs galore. Just this is what I looked like basically oh my gosh. at the time. It's the cutest thing I've ever well, seen. Maybe not the time, and he's but... and he's affecting this like nerdy voice, the way he's talking. Yeah, it's like very nasal, like. And just the the and the like adjusting his glasses. Is really funny. He's like, well, I I hear that this is a good school, but I hear that they're you know it's like I've heard you had a, a discipline problem at the school. You know, <laughs> he's like this whole thing. It's this is I another mean, point where I'm like, see, this is where we know that Johnny Depp's a good actor because yeah. Johnny Depp is not like that at all. But he actually like him as Hanson doing that. It's just so funny. So you know, basically setting he's, up. He's talking to Madigan and yeah. getting to know about the school. Basically, <laughs> I heard I put a, already doing a Burton character. It's <laughs> for Johnny Depp essentially. Um, it's anyway. So cut to the outside. The uh, kids arriving in a taxi, which is fun. So he gets out, and it's obviously it's, well, Reggie. We don't know that actually oh, know that because Reggie. he looks thirty-five. <laughs> Now, part of that, so Reggie Brooks, by the way, this, you know, president of the Bloods, is played by the beautiful and amazing Blair Underwood. Our so second here, most famous person to make yes. an appearance here. And so he he's obviously is young-ish in this episode, but I think he's trying to look 35, yeah, like the yeah, character yeah, yeah. is, obviously, because he's got um, a trench coat, oh, he's yeah. carrying a briefcase, he's got his hair slicked back, and he's in, like, basically a suit, like, he's got a tie. It's the power and suit so, look of, like, an 80s businessman. He so looks that, like he could work at Wall so Street or something. So he walks into the school because he's obviously not supposed to be there, he's been suspended, but he's trying to look 35, and I wrote down, Reggie does definitely look 35. Yeah. Um, and he meets Hanson in the hallway, and he says he's, you know, looking for Madigan's office. And, like, oh, he's over there. Yeah, you know. He's a um, really small guy. Yeah. Um, and so 
he bursts into the office and uh, pretty much immediately draws a gun and um, yeah, goes into Ma- and takes Madigan hostage. Um, the clock well, and here... And all of the... Um... The office staff, which there were quite a few office staff. Too. Yeah, it's like a couple There's of different like secretaries. Five different people in the office, and I don't know if some of them were maybe students. Because what was confusing to me is that all of the office staff, except for one who is like an old lady, looked the same age as the students. Because we use thirty-year-olds and twenty-five-year-olds to play students, yeah. so it was kind of hard to tell. I think they were all just office staff, but it was quite a large office staff. Yeah, and he ends up firing his gun. Which Hanson in the hallway apparently is the only person in the entire school who hears it. That's what I said. I thought that was unusual. Because it's a big school, but if someone shoots a gun in the school, surely people would hear that. But there's no, like, response except for Hanson, of course, running back Running back through through what I call the... Yeah, I wrote, like, only Hanson heard that? And also, I mean, here's my thing, too. This was before... Sadly, now it's just, you know, something that happens every Tuesday. But before, school shootings were a thing. Right. So they wouldn't have had protocol for something like this, like we do now where we have to have, you know, um, drills and things written out, like safety plans. Plans, yeah. So they wouldn't have necessarily known what to do with the situation. But also... Hearing a gunshot in a school at any time, I would think, would be, like, a huge red flag. And you would immediately, like, panic. Yeah. But I don't understand how no one heard it. Maybe the principal's office is far away I mean, everyone was in their classrooms, but I don't know. doors are made of steel. I don't know. I mean, it did seem that the office was not super close to classrooms. And there were a lot of... It showed that there was, like, a lot of hallways and a lot of... Yeah, I was at one point that one of the hallways reminded me so much of the Breakfast Club hallway, and maybe just because like they use the same sort of basic sets for high schools. But anyway, it looked exactly like that hallway from the Breakfast Club where they're all running. Anyway, the the clock is doing some weird things here. They keep showing the clock because it's going to be important in a second. But like, it keeps being like it's like one minute till nine, and then you look back and it's like two minutes till nine, and then like oh now it's nine. It's it's very weird. Anyway, I Um, guess I didn't pay that. I I just thought that it looked more like there was like a minute to nine and then the next time we look up it is nine yeah but so basically at nine o'clock on the dot so reggie's got him at gun, you gun know point, yeah. got again at gunpoint then at nine o'clock all the bloods who are apparently evenly spaced between all of the classes in the school thing. i mean there were a lot of them in the beginning to be fair but yeah. i guess like somehow this worked out for them get up and they also, I think they also are armed, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And basically take their classrooms that they're in hostage. I want to say one of them maybe had a knife, but they, they at least had some kind of way yes. to hold. They're holding all these classes hostage. And then a couple other guys are like locking the doors, like the exit doors with chains and stuff. And so Hanson's walking through the hallway and he's seeing this starting to go down and he, he sees knows what's going on basically as he's sort of peeking through doorways and... Mm-hmm. Somehow a gang member sees him and chases him through the hallway. Yeah, he sees that he's out of class, and so they start to get into, like, a fight, basically. But they end up, I think another one, another of the gang members comes and helps, and so they drag him to the office. And also we get, I was going to say Blair Underwood, but yeah, Reggie Brooks' character, the character Reggie Brooks, says, is saying, like, you're going to learn that we're the homeboys that... uh, get more than mad we get even yeah like his it's 
purely to get back at him for beating him up in front of Oh, yeah. Friend. It's it's just hurt pride, basically. And then he's like, we, this is the part where we see that he's taken off, like, his, his grown-up clothes. And he's, he's basically just And he puts on a beret. Yeah, I love that. It's like he's, like, wants to be... I think it's... Which I think is interesting. What I love about... Did, I mean, gang members wearing berets, I don't know, was it thing? It's the Black I mean, Panther can thing. Can I also say... Well, that's true. Maybe. Can I also say that Blair Underwood looked very good in that beret, but... You know, he's um, a criminal. The, what I love about Reggie and the, and the way he's played and just the way he's written is he's such he's so well written in that I believe him to be basically a high schooler trying to do this because yes. he's as we'll see he's inept and incompetent. But also this part, the beret part, you can see already he's play acting the part of a guy who's taking yeah. hostages. It's like he doesn't know how he to doesn't do know it. What the next step so he's is. trying to pretend he knows and what it's he's not doing. Something, I mean, he thought out. I think basically. The only thing he truly thought out was, we're going to take everybody hostage at 9 o'clock. And that was the last actual thing that was thought out from him. This is purely a teenager who looked bad in front of his boys, is like, I'm going to get that guy back. And he has no clue. And Blair Underwood does a really good job Oh yeah, bringing that up. And he's really good. He's a good actor. So, yeah, well, yeah that makes sense. Um, so, <laughs> he he's looking out through the, at one, one point... Um, so he's, he, he's doing these like demands via the radio. No, he's, no, well, we're not there yet. Oh, well, anyway, he pistol whips the principal and he's, he's, he's making, oh, he's making demands, I guess, over the, um, We're not there yet. They bring Hanson to him. Not yet. We're, that happens next after this. Does it? Okay. Well, it's, it, at least if in okay, the order that ahead. I'm writing. Anyway, so he pistol whips the principal. Uh, he's looking out through these Venetian blinds. Every hostage situation has to have Venetian blinds to look out through. And then that's when they they drag Hanson in. Um, and so they're like, this guy's sneaking around. They don't know who Hanson is yet, but they're... Yeah, uh, they're like, he was out of class. And, and he, so Reggie threatens to kill Hanson at this point, and, and he's like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, well, the guys have him. He's like, what should we do with him? And then he's like, kill him. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's like, ah, I'm just it's a, it's a joke. But I, my thing is, your guys don't know it's a joke. They could have just totally just blown his head off. Because yeah. you said kill him. And they're here to do what you tell them. So I guess that like, must have I'm like, ha, 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 that's spooked so poor Hanson because <laughs> he... As usual, he blows his cover. his cover, breaks out and, try, and says, I'm a cop. And he you know, points the gun at Reggie. He's like, let him go or whatever. Um, Which here's my... You, you had talked about this. Like, he's out gunned oh yeah immediately outgunned and outmanned and 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 still reggie outnumbered even... outplanned <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> yeah. Lin- unexpected hamilton lin-manuel don't sue us um um yeah and and even if he isn't like he's still reggie still has madigan at gunpoint like he could kill madigan and also it's just like why at this moment do you think that this is the moment to blow your cover I don't he's know if he's just trying such to cut a it off. Bad undercover he's just, cop. He just I loves pulling his gun, it. being a he's cop. He's just not good at staying undercover. So, so anyway, they they basically now have Hanson hostage, um, and we cut back to the the French classroom and hear Madigan making the announcement about Reggie. You know, at gunpoint making an announcement about the and blood basically saying, you know, no one's allowed to leave. Right, of course, it, that the whole school is under under hostage. Meanwhile, Judy, in an extremely smart move, we'll see why this is smart later, very quietly moves her gun from and her, her purse and her badge from her purse to the gir- purse of the girl in front of her and basically tells her, shh, don't tell anybody. Um, and the gang member kind of notices her and you're worried that, uh-oh, he saw what she did. But no, the gang member looks at her and is basically like, 
Mm, hey he's there, like, honey. you're pretty, aren't you? He literally and, says that. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she's like, and she gives and him she this. She kind of gives him I, I love this little, like, sort of shoulder shimmy eyebrow thing and that she like, does. And I was like, yes. Yes, she is. Yeah. And she's basically like, yeah, I know it. Well, what is it? What is it? How does it end? There's a commercial break right here. Um, so we we know basically that she's going to be going into the office with Reggie. Well, I assu- we assume. No, we don't right, know. I mean, but... basically, the guy just says, you're pretty. And she's trying to get there. So after the commercial, um, we cut to outside the school with the SWAT team arriving. Uh, all the TV journalists are out there doing their, you know, stand-up reports. And Penhall and HT... Sorry, Aoki and uh, Aoki, Aoki, whatever, dude, the guy, Dustin Nguyen, um, and Fuller are uh, there and talking to to Ralph, the hostage negotiator. I don't know why I found Ralph to be funny, but there it is. Um, about you know what's going on and trying to figure out what the, the, the Reggie's demands are, and they don't know, they have no idea what Reggie wants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ralph says he wants his own talk show <laughs> that apparently like talking is about all he's been doing. Fuller is very much, you know, being the cop in charge. Like you can just see, I, I love this, you know, so Fuller is obviously very different than Janko. Like yeah. Janko is in charge, but like Fuller is very much more the classic sort of. It's funny watching this now because when I first ran through it, I was so upset about Janko that it took me a while to warm up to Fuller, but I actually do really like Fuller now because I'm used to him, of course. Like, now, he's very like, in charge, but he's winsome I, I like him. I do. I, I, I like what Stephen Williams does with him. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I must have been in a poetic mood when I wrote this. I said, Judy brought to the office as a sexy offering to the Blood King. Not yet. <laughs> what? Oh, what Not yet. So they did, they threw something there like, they threw this out the window and he shows it to Fuller, and it's Hanson's badge. So they realize that they found Hanson, and they 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 made Hanson as a cop. Imagine right. that, because God forbid Hanson actually stay undercover for once in yeah. his Judy life. And Fuller so, is basically like, thank so goodness Judy's still there. So they're kind of worried about it, and yeah. he's like, well, luckily we know that they haven't found Judy yet. So. so And that's why they cut, yeah, so they cut from there to Judy being the sexy offering to the Blood King. Uh <laughs> And she's immediately given Reggie all kinds of sass and basically, you know, not put not putting up no, you know, whatever. Yeah, I love it. She's even chewing gum. And I love that whole trope of, like, the gum-chewing bad girl. Like, mm. they're always like, yeah, so. And the gum is, like, part of the deal. Like, I just, I don't know. I think that's so fun. <laughs> and they're like, wait, she's a new student. Like, this guy was a new student. Maybe she's also a cop. And you can see, actually, I think they cut at one point here to... Hanson looking very nervous that they're going to blow her cover. But unlike him, she's a good undercover cop. <laughs> um, and so Reggie, of course, offers to pat her down. And ooh, does he, though. If you know what I mean. I'm really uncomfortable with the patting Like down. it's... And she's like, let me know if you find something that you... And then there's like a moment, and then she's like, like. And I'm like, ooh, no. Yeah, he's basically grabbing her booty pretty okay obviously. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's, well, but he's, you know, he's, he's an 18-year-old well, gang member. And that's the point. Yeah. It's, and she's, you know, undercover. She gets it, but like, oof, I don't know. And so, yeah, they're reading her record back to her about, you know, all of the stuff that she well, yeah, supposedly like, did back at the other at school. Her, look into her records and make sure, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned the shooty chewing gum here, too. Um, so absolutely uh, flirting with Reggie this whole time about her juvie record. And um, so, anyway. That... It says, so, there's something about, like, oh, you, you, she's like A, B on her all, but she also got in trouble for like smarting off da 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 and he's like and smoking pot and she's like ooh <laughs> like I don't know it was just really funny really funny so anyway she 
he takes her hand and puts a gun in her hand so to be like, you know, like, you're going to be my mall, essentially. Well, because he's like, you're a player. I'm a player, too. And he's like... And so they, he puts, uh, you, you know, puts the gun to Hanson's head and is like, ever rolled a with, cop? With with her hands hand on, on the both gun. Both of their yeah, hands yeah, are yeah. on the gun and it's pointed at Tom. And I'm like, oh, God, that's got to be awful for both of them. And, and Judy's like, really like, oh, don't, don't, like come hey, on, man. man you yeah. me. I don't like this, you know. You know, Reggie ends up firing it in the air. He's like, I'm just kidding again. It's like, you know, just Which again, joking, we talked know. about this. Like, why does he keep shooting his gun into the ceiling? It's like, like, bullets aren't cheap. Like, they they, they, again, they keep wasting bullets. It's just because he's a teenager who has no idea what he's doing. Well, Shanton just calls him out on immediately. Here, yeah. he's like, you don't have a plan. You don't know what you're doing. And he's like, yeah, shut up. I do have a plan. Like, yeah. Yeah, that I, makes him bad. don't know what's going like, on, but. Um, so we cut back to outside. Basically figure out what. What. The motive is still... I don't know what exactly happens in this scene, but we do cut back outside for some reason. I don't remember that. I just know that we go straight to the auditorium. Yeah, anyway, so we cut to the auditorium. So that, that scene's not terribly important, as I remember. But with the... The, yeah, we, the stage is tagged with graffiti, and I'm not oh, yeah, sure if well, that's supposed that's to be... That's my funny thing, is that we cut to the auditorium, and the Bloods are, like, forcing everybody to come to the auditorium. And yeah, I was confused by that, too, because they kind of show... They kind of do a little bit of a close-up on the graffiti. Yeah. So I don't know if it was an idea of, like, look, the blood's, like, you know, tagged in the auditorium. Or if it was part of, like, some stage show or something that was going on. Because also, on, like, the back... I don't think it was a back curtain. I think it was a back wall. They have a picture of, like, James Dean and Marilyn Monroe. It was, like, the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's odd. It's <laughs> so odd. I don't know. Uh, I, the, 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 my second reference to Runaways, it's reminded me of being in Runaways in, in high school again. But anyway. Well, and also I heard that there's, like, some girl, because they do a pan over, like, everyone in the auditorium, which is all, which is, you know, the entire student body and the teachers. And there's a girl, like, looking directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and it always happens with extras. They don't always know what they're doing. Yeah. And all the, so the, the principal and Hanson, I don't remember if there's other people are on stage gagged you know i guess on display kind of to show his power um and here's another one waste another bullet gang member fires into the air everybody screams well, to, shut to, everybody up. to shut everybody up yeah but still it's like and they're like oh like yeah you know. and so uh reggie introduces himself with his beret on of course as reginald brooks acting principal um just you know absolutely basically rhetorically whipping his dick out um Giving this speech and, you know, talking about hands. Like, this guy's a cop. Well, yeah, and, he's you like, know. they're sending cops into this school. Yeah. And... So anyway, in the midst of this speech, this teacher in the back stands <laughs> up and is like, what do you want with these, like, giant hand gestures? It's it's quite something. I was you like, were, you, he you went had... to the Andy McDowell acting school. Ooh, that's like, that is Sorry. the lowest of the low from hand. That is the, the biggest insult Amanda can give a person. Is it raining? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> hey Amanda, I see that your hands are completely and totally full, but I need you to open the door for me because I'm Andy McDowell. I don't open doors. Sorry, I have, I have. She has some. Andy, she's met Andy I have McDowell. A history. And everybody I know who's met Andy McDowell. Well, here's the thing that I haven't met Andy McDowell. I worked at the public library in Asheville, and. We had a giant read poster with Andy McDowell's picture on it. I remember that. Not only did she never come into the library, she didn't even have a library card in the system because under her real name, which is something quality, I don't remember. But so we looked it up to see if she had one. Nope. Anyway, moving on. Um, so Reggie finally decides what he wants back in the office. Um, <laughs> 20 pizzas and 20 cases of beer. Preach, Reggie. And preach. I said, hit me. <laughs> but he doesn't even know how much it costs. He's like trying to figure out, like, trying to demand how much money it's going to be. But, um, 
And well, so, no, not how much it costs. He was trying to figure out what else he should ask oh, for. Oh, yeah, what he should ask like, for, like what and kind of pizzas, or and, and they're basically like, well, what are you, you know, what are you going to give well, us? And, and, and yeah, then, what he's going to do in return. And Judy suggests trading the entire sophomore class because they're all losers anyway. Which I heard, Judy says, "Fuck them freshmen." <laughs> yeah, start with the sophomores. <laughs> I, I don't know why she says sophomore. I think she's just trying to save as many kids. as I she know can, she basically. is. I was just thought it was funny, but she's like, "Yeah, they're a bunch of what does she call them? Wimps or nerds?" Ner- or yeah, nerds. Like they're a bunch of nerds anyway. <laughs> and I love that Reggie. You know, he puts in his pizza order of like what he wants in the pizza, and no anchovies. If I see one anchovy, you know, they're all dead. Of the no, no- he says, "If I see any anchovies." I will kill the librarian. Oh, that's right. Which is what I say when we order pizza. <laughs> Which I mean, Christopher's I a librarian, by the way. The no anchovies trope, I just find like that's always a thing. Well, and it's and like, who puts anchovies on pizza well, anyway? People but. do, but it's as if that's the way pizzas naturally come. Like when you order a pizza, there's gonna be anchovies unless you ask for them off. And I feel like it's the opposite. If you want anchovies, you have to request them. Yeah. Anyway. And so a gang member goes to the auditorium and bang, fires in the air again um, and says, you know, who's a sophomore? And people kind of raise, raise their, their hand, wondering if they're going to get shot. our wonderful and amazing teacher actor goes, <laughs> what are you going to do with them? <laughs> Giant hand gestures. Um, Is it raining? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> he, he just missed his calling to be a melodramatic actor in the 19th century theater where you had those, you know, anyway. Um, so, and then he basically like, you guys can all go. Let's see. Even if I hadn't raised my hand, I would have been like, oh, yeah. No, I forgot to raise my hand. I'm totally a sophomore. Well, and also, you know, they didn't, like, count them all and shit. They're just hoping. But, I mean, again, they don't really know what they're doing. And not every – I'm sure – because of the guns and things, if you were, like, a senior... Because Reggie's probably a senior if he's 18. He knows who's in his class. Like, if I'm in Reggie's calculus class, I'm not going to get up and leave because he's going to know. Yeah. So, um... I'm sure there were some, like, freshmen, and I'm sure there were some upperclassmen who snuck out at that same time, but, you know. Yeah, so we we cut to back outside. And by the way, it's it's almost... It's basically evening, or even nighttime now. Anyway, it's dark. So this old-timey pizza truck with an old-timey horn. It's the cutest thing I've it's ever this, seen. It's hard to describe. It's, it's the cutest weird... thing I've ever seen until the person inside <laughs> walks out. Can you guess who walks out? <laughs> the the pizza truck is Tony's Pizza. And Penhall pops out with this, like... It's like a doofus sort of, like... It's, it's supposed to look like a doofusy sort of, like, cap that you would get at a sort of... Not so much a chain restaurant, but it's like one of those restaurants where you have to wear a uniform. Um, yeah. Pinstripe shirt. Um, it almost looks like a baseball uniform, but it's for Tony's Pizza. Yeah. And then he's got this, like, hat on sideways. He's adorable. And, and so he has, like, the 20 pizzas, and they're like, you know, so they come out with guns, and they're like... going in undercover as the pizza Well, guy. but he, how he gets in is very clever, because they're like, you know, give us the pizzas. And he's like, not until you pay me a hundred and whatever dollars. And they're like... What? They're like, just give us the pizzas. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, well, they're going to kill me if I go he's back like, without Tony's my payment. Gonna, Tony's going to kill me if I don't come back with his $160. And he's, and he's going a hundred, a million times Italian here. It's just the the, the Deloise like, Italianness is definitely coming out. It's very Italian. Um, so anyway, that's how he gets them. So they're like, okay, fine, come in, basically. And that's how he gets in. Cause they, no, you know, they call him Gray Boy. That's That's apparently. Like, I don't I'm know. having trouble here with Gray Boy. Yeah, I don't. I still don't think that was really a thing, but maybe it was. I don't know. If you know, comment down below if you used to call somebody <laughs> Gray Boy in the 80s. If in the doobly-doo. Um, no, wait, that's the doobly-doo is what we do. Never mind. Meanwhile, Aoki is um, 
busy clambering ninja style well, up the yeah, side of the building. Because they've talked, they're telling Ayaki that what he needs to do is he's basically going to go through the what is it the the the, the heating vent or whatever. Right. Well, dieharding his way in. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's wearing one of those. I always think of it as a Britney Spears mic, but you know Justin Timberlake Britney Spears uh, little like microphone thing to talk to. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh look, it's a Britney Spears mic. Anyway. Um, so yes, he's going to die hard his way in through the heating system. So he's giving him the directions, which I feel like would be totally confusing. He's like, oh, this many, this many well, feet west. Well, I wrote west this down and... because this happens all the time with people, and maybe it's because a lot of other people in the world, especially maybe people in this line of work, I don't know, are better than me at visualizing. But I'm like, how do people understand like how many yards and feet something is? Like he's like, go blah, 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 yards in the heating system and then turn left. Like, how do you know that you've gone that far? How do you know without measuring it? Like, I mean, I do, I sew and do cross stitch and stuff, so I can kind of guess, like, I now know in my brain, like, what an inch or two inches is, but, like, feet and like, I couldn't tell you. While you're crawling through a dark ventilation shaft? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, he, he must know. I mean, it is his job, I suppose. Uh, so, we cut back to the office, and they're patting down Penhall, which I'm sure... You would love to do. Oh, um, yes. Call and, me. And Hanson's looking very nervous. Judy, meanwhile, I, I think maybe partly to distract from Penhall's existence, um, finds Reggie's transcript in the in the filing cabinet and is like, oh, here's your, you know, Well, yeah, stuff. she said he got, I don't remember A's what. and B's or something. Well, yeah. yeah, that he was like an A and B student and his SAT score was like 1140, 1160, yeah. something. It was and he's, he's kind good. of embarrassed by this around his guys. Like, it's, it's like ruining his cred. <laughs> Hanson has that, oh, she said he got an A in English. That's what it was. Yeah. Like, and Hanson has that great line, like, if you're so smart, how come you're so dumb, you know? Which, which is, makes him really mad because he's like, I'm tired of everybody telling me how smart I am and then being mad about, like, when I do stupid things. And I'm like, well, Reggie, don't do stupid things. I'm I mean, like, I know th- this is absolutely... We also something. miss, like, when they were patting down Pinhole. They're like, he, this guy's too thick to be a cop, which oh, yeah. I think they meant, like, dumb. But I was like... Thick with two C's. <laughs> he is mm, thick. That mm, mm, mm. ass though. So the f- the phone rings and it's Fuller and he's asking for okay. Well, he's basically like, we want to go home, Reggie. What are what your do demands? You yeah. <laughs> he looks around like, well. So basically, Reggie has no idea. He's like, what should I demand? And Pennell's like, why don't you get some money from my? He still owes me the pizza. You still owe me pizza. <laughs> uh, funny. I don't remember what Judy says. She says something funny too, but. Um, Anyway, oh, Reggie just wants to go. Well, to no, he, she wants to go. Oh, she wants to pee. That's what she says. Reggie's like, I need to pee. <laughs> so I don't it's that, it's but... funny. Anyway, um, so finally Reggie comes up with something that he wants, which is basically like a pimped my ride he wants a Pontiac Trans Am. Um, he wants it to have a CD sound system, which back in the day would have been yeah awesome. Yeah, and a, and he wanted like pinstriping or something, and Judy says, like, "Don't get pinstriping; it looks like cheap." cheap and, and he asked for all the specifics. And then he's like, "And then he wants a thousand dollars. No, wait, ten thousand dollars, and an interstate map, so we know obviously that he's what's trying going to, like, on get here." Away. Yeah, and he's like, "You know, basically, you, I hope there's no funny business or more cops." Well, he's like, "He's like, you know, I don't know if I can trust you because there's cops in here and." All this stuff. And yeah, tr- so folks like, oh yeah, you can trust me. Literally says, you can trust me. And in it, that moment... moment, Aoki falls through the roof. So apparently he hits a, well, by the, the, the drop ceiling. ceiling. The drop ceiling, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Not the roof, but you know what I mean. Um, and into the room. And, uh, and, and of course... Everybody, Lands on the pizzas. And that's Which it. is, 
a damn shame. I'd be pissed about the pizzas. I'd be like, that was my one demand. And so, of course, on that cliffhanger, we cut to commercial. Our final commercial break before the, the climax of the show here, or the episode. Um, so we come back, and the Trans Am is being driven up to the school. So still nighttime here. Um, Fuller's driving. <laughs> uh, so we cut into the office, and there's uh, Aoki with his black eye from having fallen. Uh, although, that's an awfully no. quick shiner to show up. No, they beat him up. Oh, they punch him? They clearly okay. beat him up because okay. he's also tied to the chair. Well, like, he's tied to the chair, but I thought... He's got a split maybe... lip. He's got a black eye. Like, well, I figured it clearly... might be from the fall. I guess it could no, be No, they the clearly beat him, him up. Yeah, I mean, he's getting slapped around for sure. Reggie's still mad about this whole thing about being smart and doing dumb things. And adults are always trying to tell me what to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a bad kid. It's like, I have to think. And, um, <laughs> and the horn honks. And I love uh, Penn Hall. He's like, hey, cheer up. Your ride's here. <laughs> I love him so much. It's just... He does all. I mean, I will say, I, I give him a hard time about his acting, but he's he's got the tone of this show right, mm-hmm. and he knows like what he needs to do. Like his job is pretty clear in this show. Is to he's he's comic relief, and he's kind of there to give this whole thing to keep it from getting too draggy. Like he's to to pump up the energy and bring mm-hmm. bring a sort of. He's just so good. Yeah, it's it's. And I he's, love it. He does what he obviously was hired to do. I love Adela Weiss. I mean, I know. Well, I just mean in general, like... Oh, yeah, all the Delicious are great. Yeah, they yeah. all have that thing that I just think is great. <laughs> Reggie's obsessed with the uh, the car phone, by the way. Which, which actually... Oh, yeah, he wants the car to have a car phone, which is... Yeah, that is I mean, is that was a big stuff. deal. I remember when people... I first heard about it. So, I mean, Wall Street... It makes me think of that. Yeah, I was about to say Wall that Street, scene in yeah. Wall Street when he, like, picks it up and it's like, what is I, that? Like, I know, having a phone in your car. Well, the other thing in Wall Street that I love is he's on the beach talking on the phone, which was unbelievable for the time but it's this giant like now it looks hilarious because it's this gigantic satellite phone that's like as big as Michael Douglas's head (laughs) it's really funny anyway so anyway the point being in the 80s a car phone would have been like the top of the line Mm -hmm. we're talking I mean this is not just some car Reggie's basically talking about how he and Judy are going to head out and it's okay because these guys are all underage so they're going to end up in juvie and then get out the other bloods are like wait you're You're just going to leave us and he's like no it'll be fine like even, did he call him the Boy Scout or something? I don't know. He's talking about yeah. Tom. Like, even Tom will, even that guy, the cop, will tell yeah. you that. That, like, you guys will be okay. So, you know, it's fine. And he's, like, you know, hugging them from behind. Sort of mildly homoerotic, but at least very, not very, really. yeah. It's just very, well, it's just the way he's hugging. Like, a hug is not homoerotic. It's because he was hugging from behind. It yeah, was very but it's odd, because, but... it's because of. That's just blocking. They have to block it that way because he's talking to the guy. It was just awkward. It wasn't much erotic. It's just awkward. Anyway. It didn't bother me in any way. Guys hug each other that way sometimes. I don't know why you act like that's weird. Hugging. I never hug a guy from behind. Like, I hug. I'm a hugger. But the guy was standing there. He had, like, his gun on somebody or something. Like, I've hugged my friends. If a guy was holding a gun. Anyway, Keeping a cop hostage and you were talking to him. He, like, just kind of from behind is like, don't worry about it. I'll be back. Like, that was just the way the guy was standing. so anyway, we cut to outside, and so a student, the the student that was in front of Judy, brings up her purse and says, you know, I think this is important, and Fuller opens, and in the purse, of course, is Judy's gun and badge, and so now Fuller knows that Judy's cover is not blown, even though she is hostage in the office. On cue, Reggie, t- basically with Judy hostage, shows up outside, <laughs> but runs arrives outside with judy and her boobs um well because the way he's holding her is kind of awkward because he's got his gun and he's got his arm like under her neck like almost holding her neck but not it's like 
the top of her, on her chest. On her sternum, basically. And because it's, like, pulling at the skin, she's got this bustier on. I'm like, I don't know how there wasn't tape malfunction because of the way he's like having to hold her yeah and he's basically saying she's coming with me yeah so right so she actually does say inside she's like i'm not going anywhere with you and he's like yeah you are you You know which obviously she's like oh crap that wasn't part of the plan but you know you got to do what you got to do we cut back into the principal's office and the gang members are kind of kind of like what do we do what now? What do we do, yeah. And meanwhile, Hanson and Penhall are finally and I able to make... And that's true. All of them are making all eye contact. All three of them yeah. do this, like, looking at each sort other of nod, nod thing. thing. And so they... I don't remember who... I guess it's Penhall was the first one to throw a punch. But anyway, they obviously all coordinate and attack um, this fist fight. <laughs> I love Penhall... So a whole part of this fight is just putting one of the shorter gang members in a full Nelson. Yeah, he's just holding him. He's just holding him he's and he's kicking. He's just standing there while the guy kicks and, and the other it's two are like fighting quite the hilarious. others. It's amazing. Hanson hits a guy with a phone. There, there's a there's a trident thrown. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, meanwhile, of course, Aoki's doing like karate, like all this, like obviously, you know, he's Asian, so he's got to do is all the karate. karate? I don't remember that. Well, he's doing like these fighting. kicks and stuff. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like yeah. flying kicks. And anyway, obviously they overpower the the remaining gang members so well, all we're left with now is to catch reggie so we cut to reggie and in the car and he says he's going you know do you like indiana so obviously he's he's headed to another Which state is such a random place to go i don't know if he does he have family in indiana maybe or something i, I don't, don't know, know i think indiana. he's just trying to go somewhere far away get, from, get out of i guess get out of there supposed to be california and so then Judy starts kind of cozying up to him to like, you know, cause flirt with him. Yeah. yeah. And she shows him a little she, bit of yeah, the thigh. She has this moment where she like pulls her dress up a little pulls bit. Her dre- cause he's holding the gun still and stuff. And she like pulls up her skirt. And I was like, those stockings seriously are fire. Like with the bows on them and stuff. Yeah. It was, was really smart of her. Cause she's trying to distract him. Well, and get him to put the gun down, which yep. is what he does. He and puts he the gun on the dash to grab her leg. Mm-hmm. And that's when she, Turns and grabs his gun and turns it on and says, "Hey, I'm a cop, and you know, um, you're not going, you're not going to Indiana. You're not Reggie. going to Indiana, and you better stop the car. You're going to be sorry, essentially." And so he's like, "Dang it!" Um, well, and also they start running out of gas too because obviously they're not going to give him a Trans Am with a full tank of gas. See, it's again, it's that teenager thing of like he has no idea what he got himself into. Yeah, he's like, "I can't believe I'm running out of gas," and he's like, "Well, of course not." Um, Meanwhile, the other four, so, you know, Fuller had, had sorry, we forgot this back at the, um, at, at, you know, announced that where they were going and that they were going to follow, follow Reggie's car, obviously. And he said to be, you know, careful, don't shoot or something. Because there's a cop in the car, the, yeah. One in the car, who, because Judy is in the car and is one of his cops. So, so the four boys there are all worried about Judy, uh, you know, well, I hope she's okay. And so they drive up, and of course Judy's at this point outside the car holding Reggie at gunpoint with her her vice outfit on giving him his Miranda rights. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, did you read him his rights? Like, well, I'm a cop, you know, basically. Well, basically, you know, the guys come, they get him from her and Fuller asks, Hey, did you Miranda him? And she's like, yeah, I, I know. I know what I'm doing. Job, you know, um, which is great. Cause they're like, Oh, I hope Judy's okay. And Judy's like, bam, I got him suckers. So, and stayed undercover most of the time. Tom until the, Hansen. Until the very end when she, Needed to make an arrest. Um, Learn 
from her. And so obviously we're trying to sort of set up that, that, you know, this is what has brought the team together. And Fuller's like, hey, guys, want to go out for pizza? And they're all looking at him like, huh? And he says, oh, just kidding or something to that effect. Because, because of the of pizza. the pizza thing, obviously. Yeah. And there's a freeze frame on Fuller. Uh, the freeze frame thing never gets it's like, old. It's a joke. You know, and that's the end of the episode. So general thoughts. I, I like this episode. I thought it was. It's a good one. I like that. It's a it's a good example of a good episode of Twenty One Jump Street in that there are stakes, yeah, and so it's kind of like it, it's a little intense in some parts, but it has that great humor. But it doesn't go over. I mean, sometimes they go over the top, but yeah. I'm fine with the over the top. But like, you know, I, it was a good episode that had good. Um, Supporting cast like Blair oh, yeah. Underwood was really really great. good yeah and I also like an episode so like when I think about let's compare Reggie Brooks to Waxer right. so like Waxer to me is that like stereotypical like this is a tough black guy and he's just this one note it's thing basically racist like, yeah uh, uh, I'm a I'm a bad yeah. dude and I just do bad things and that's who I am which I mean not to say that there aren't people who just yeah. do bad things and have, you know... Don John, I am a plain-dealing villain. Well, yeah, or have, yeah. or possibly even have, you know, trauma in their background that has caused them to just do bad things and not have anything. But what I like about Reggie Brooks is that there are layers to his character. Like, yes, he is a scary black man, but it, it feels different because they humanize him so much with this, he doesn't know what he's doing. He is still just a teenager. He's actually a really smart kid, but he wants to be cool and he wants to be the president of the Bloods and he doesn't want to be disrespected. So, yeah, he's like a bad dude who's got a gun, but there's more to him than just, I'm a bad dude with a gun who's going to shoot your TV out like yeah. um, Waxer was. You know, yeah. it's. I like that they made him a little bit more well rounded mm-hmm. because it felt. It felt less racist, I guess, is is the way to go about it because, you know, in the pilot, it just it's just like ooh, scary black men being right. scary, and this one is just it's a guy who has issues who just happens to be a right. Black well, person. and it was I guess just inner city, so there was like mostly yeah, African American. Well, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't think about. I never thought about most the of the as just black thing. Like that's not. Well, no, but, but there were like because you then would have the white. But anyway, su- the white supremacists. Either way, I that, I think that I like the way that they worked that, and I like it. It's weird too because it almost feels like it feels like two separate episodes from the whole Jinko stuff that you they have to do in the beginning, but it also works in a weird seamless way. Like I don't know how to explain it because like it's so sad in the beginning, but that that ends quickly. But you still have that building of, like, this relationship with Fuller. And so you have this, like, really traumatic, like, first case with him that I think helps bond them to him a little bit. So it's kind of nice, even though... I thought they handled the the way The way it starts, you don't think this is where it's going, but it still works. Well, this is really efficient and good storytelling in the sense that they had to do a heck of a lot with this episode in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, mourn Janko... You know, completely transition to a new leader and a new way of operating and introduce all of that and then sort of actually have a mystery. Well, not a mystery. In this, in this case, there's not as much of a mystery because it's we know who the 
mm-hmm. antagonist is from the beginning, but have a, a storyline and something that happens um, and still have it be a 21 Jump Street episode and not just like a very special episode. Um, right. And it, it's all done really well and in the confines of a normal length episode. I thought it was really impressively done. Because they could have gone the the way of making the whole thing about them mourning Jinko and talking about Jinko and thinking about Jinko. But they do this great thing of giving each character that mourning moment for us to see. We get, you know, the sense of like the funeral and stuff. And then we we cut to a month later, which I think is good. Like, instead of putting us into that too much they still are like and they still have work to do yeah, I, I think that's why it works there could know. have been a temptation it, to have like a montage of uh, you know Hanson at the desk and uh you know Penhall working motorcycle or whatever it's, it's you know. just really well it's condensed really well so that so that all of the stuff with Reggie at the school doesn't feel short chain like it doesn't feel like it's a short it actually feels like it goes on for a while because they do have it take up the entire day like it's all so it's such a well-crafted episode i think that it's it's really really well written and really well executed yeah um so my favorite well probably need to end this pretty quickly but uh my my favorite 80s thing was probably um judy's earrings i have to say those those hot air balloon upside down hot air balloon i mean that that whole outfit was my favorite for different reasons but the the uh 80s aspect of it would be the earrings. So I think my favorite 80s-ness was like Judy's crimped hair look oh, yeah. that she had going on when with this whole... It, it went really well with the whole outfit, but like it was particularly, you know, crimped up and like really hot and very just 80s and big and beautiful. So Yeah, the, it was... Yeah, it was Ju- great. Actually, like her whole outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Was the whole yeah the whole thing was great. Well, it's, especially because it's such a jarring thing. Because the last thing we, well, we'd seen her first in the policeman's outfit, and then in that like weird almost newspaper reporter With looking outfit where she's I guess trying to look like she's doing a desk job, and then to this you know this is her costume, her like you know? bad girl thing. Um, I mean, Holly Robinson's. Just I also a liked the Tony's pizza truck because <laughs> obviously <laughs> that's something they had to like you know get from an actual pizza place which means they also had to like have an actual pizza place make them actual pizzas get uniform that fits doug (laughs) and get him in an i mean that's how undercover stuff works i just loved that truck i don't know that that's necessarily an 80s thing but it was it was cute it was it was distinctive i don't know that people nowadays just stick the uh you know the symbol of their well, right, because now you use your own car. car. That's what I'm saying. You just stick the Pizza Hut or the Papa John's thing on top of your car. You know what it go. reminded me of, and I think it's why I liked it, is a hearse. Oh, yeah. Because it's not big. <laughs> it it's does not a look van. And it's not like a big truck. It's like a truck that's like mini with just enough in the back for the pizzas. Like, it's kind of like a pizza hearse, yeah. which now I want to have you just a want, You just want a hearse I in want general. a hearse so bad. My goth, my goth. I just, hey, there's a lot of room in the back just to like haul things and store stuff and put groceries. Like, I'm just saying. It's true. I'm just saying. All right, well, let's wrap it up, shall we? Let's wrap it so, up. So, we, uh, we have a Patreon, or we're developing we a Patreon. We do. We now have now? a Patreon. Yes. If you would like to become a patron of going to the chapel, it's at 
patreon.com slash going to the chapel pod. And, you know, we have the different tiers. I'm sure if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you know how Patreon works. But, you know, if you would like to help us keep this going, um, that would be great. We have some fun stuff, stickers and, and, and other kinds of swag for our patrons. So, yeah, check that out if you'd like. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, I think that's also going to the chapel pod right it's yeah. so hard when you have to like you it's know going, it's i think it's just going to the chapel you know going to the chapel podcast going to the, oh yeah instagram yeah. it's going to the chapel podcast i post you know uh pictures from episodes which is fun and and quotes and things like that so follow us there and of course subscribe and yeah, yeah and any the, the more you know uh attention we get the more money we get uh, the more we'll be able to do and uh, we really would hope to be able to expand this out to do videos and all sorts of other fun yeah. stuff and and if you guys are having fun with it we would love to keep doing it because um, we enjoy it so. so we enjoy it and we hope you're enjoying it too so uh, that's all about all i got so okie doke for me yeah so as always we love you you're fabulous and you're gonna learn something when we meet you on the pod